coming to you live from the east side of Bakersfield, California. This is the STS Podcast, and I'm Ernie C., the Gap Tooth Genius, and this is... Don't worry. Shit. The shit. You'll get the shit. this shit. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Shooting the Shit podcast. My name is Ernie C. This is my podcast, the STS podcast. Returning listeners, thank you for coming back. Thank you for enjoying the show. New listeners, welcome to the show. Make sure you guys follow the STS podcast 661 on Instagram and Twitter. There will be links to Apple Podcast, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, they're all on the social media, y'all. Make sure you guys follow that, okay? Thank you for guys tuning in a week seven, episode seven, titled The Raffle. And again, I'm not afraid to say when I fail. The raffle didn't go as planned. I haven't got 10 people yet. If I don't get 10 people entering this raffle, I will not do the raffle. I tried. This is the this is the beauty of not being afraid to fail. We can throw shit on the wall, and sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't stick. So we're going to extend that out. If we get there, we're going to have the raffle. If not, hey, it wasn't meant to be. No hard feelings. I'm not mad about it. Failed experiment. That's the beauty of this life. That's the beauty of the grind. So again, if you guys want to get more info on the raffle, listen to episode 7. But here we're on episode 8. This is titled The Shark, y'all. And we're going to have a great, great guest today, Pablo the Shark Rubio. Pro Boxer, 10-0, three knockouts. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's Friday morning. So we're going to get this done. I want to get this done for y'all. This podcast means a lot to me. This episode is probably the biggest one to date. So just let's give a week 7 recap, y'all. I'm sorry. Let's give a weekly recap. I had a great gig. With the Richmonds, congratulations to the Richmonds, Alyssa and Luke. I appreciate you guys selecting me and entrusting me with your memorable moment, your big day. Hope you guys have years and years of forever love. Really appreciate you guys. It was smooth. I thought we uh we really knocked out the park from the from the ceremony to the dance to the cleanup. Everybody had a great time. I love seeing the clients happy. I love seeing families get together. Everybody was on that dance floor. Everybody showed me love after. It was really great. It's been a hell of a spring break. I know we're still a little bit older to celebrate it, but hey, I'm still in college. I'm going to celebrate that shit, man. It's been great. We've been going to LA. We I want to talk about that. What we have, what we talk about, what we have on the menu today. We're going to talk about, uh, we got. Magic retired out of nowhere. We're going to talk about that. Nipsey's funeral. Nipsey Hussle had his funeral this past week. Epic, legendary, monumental, West Coast. Definitely show some love to Nipsey this week, y'all. Something I'll never forget. Something that we all, I think we all sat down and watched that for a second. Tiger Woods came back, made the comeback complete. He's on his way to history. He's chasing Jack. He won the Masters this week, so it's always good to talk about that. I had a lift disaster this week, so we're going to talk about that. My L.A. lift disaster. I man, you guys are laughing at me today. Today we had um we had a good time in L.A., y'all. But before we get into all that, 
Again, if you guys need an STS shirt, they are only $20. They are still available, y'all. So make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys hit me up. And we're going to talk about not being afraid to fail. But first, let the DLC tell you what you need to do. Now do me a favor. Let me an ear. Alright, y'all. This is the linear ear segment. We're here to converse lightly with no specific topic or objective in mind. And that was the first time I said that without looking at the damn definition. So we'll hop into it, y'all. This has been a weird week for Laker fans. Magic Johnson, our president of operations, abruptly resigned, quit, however you want to say it. According to him, he didn't even tell Jenny Buss. I don't know what's going on, man. I think from, from the outside looking in, this wasn't Magic's gig. This wasn't something he really said. This wasn't what he was comfortable doing. I think he thought it was going to be a little bit more greener on this side of the grass. Turned out this season isn't what he thought it would be. I think he had to make some tough decisions that he wasn't comfortable. Took him out of his element a little bit. Um, if you've seen the press conference or I guess the, I get man, it was an off-the-fly press conference he had right before the season finale. He was saying, you know, he couldn't text uh, players regarding their accomplishments that he is proud of. He couldn't be that mentor. He couldn't be Magic Johnson that we know and love. And I want to be honest with you, I think well, my guy Rue hashtagged it all year. I hashtagged it all year in Magic Retrust. But, man, uh, I, I hate to say this, man, but when Lou Williams, when Julius Randle, when Brooke Lopez – when DeAndre Russell, when they're having fucking career years after they leave the Lake Show, that lives a bitter taste in my mouth. That makes me really, really question what the hell Rod and Magic were doing all year. Um, you can't. I understand. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta make moves. We gotta make moves for the future. We gotta set ourselves in a good place for the future. But damn, I think we gotta really take a, a take a good look at the mistakes we made this year. And whoever takes his spot, uh, we have to believe in the talent. I think we have to come to terms with uh, maybe we're not the Lakers of old anymore. Maybe the way that we did in the past, we're bringing these free agents in, making big trades. Maybe that's not the way we should go about it. Maybe we should go with the talent that we have available to us, and that we you know we draft, we get lucky in free agency. You know, Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez wasn't supposed to be the man, but he turned out to be okay with Milwaukee. Um, D'Angelo, I think, man, you guys remember those losing seasons? D'Angelo's result of those losing seasons, and man, he had sparks. He had some, he had some, um, he had some points with his Laker life. He looked like a study, looked like a star. And I guess you know, I we all remember Magic saying he needed a leader, and man, it it was really, uh, I, you could tell he was emotional. I was really sad. You know, if you're a Laker fan, you love Magic. You love what he's done since uh, 1980. You love, you know how much of a figure he's been. He's been a symbol of uh, perseverance, of courage, of having heart, of taking that step and being, um, standing up for something, you know, being the poster child for his illness, being a poster child of, just because I have an illness that people, you can't write my life off. I'm still going to do great things. So to see that leave us in just the fashion that he did leave, um, it was crazy. Luke got fired or mutually agreed to terms to, you know, be dismissed from the Lakers. Next day, got a job with the Sacramento Kings. And honestly, I'm rooting. For, I'm, I'm going to root for Luke. I'm going to root for every ex-Laker. So, 
it's a it's a weird time in Lakerland. I don't know who's gonna take over this squad. I can't really tell you who's gonna be the head coach. We'll talk you Monty Williams, we'll talk you Tyrone Lou. We have Mark Jackson in the conversation. I'm sure Brian Shaw's gonna get an interview. So I think it's gonna probably be Monty Williams, y'all. Um I know Monty, he's a strong I don't know him, but what I see from Monty, he has a strong character. He has a strong mind. Um, I remember. I don't know if you guys remember when his his wife got killed in that car accident. Just to be able to have the strength to go up to you know at, at her funeral and say that um, you have you have to forgive and be a man and take you know just have love in your heart and just learn how to forgive. That showed me that he was he has a strong character. He has a strong personality. You gotta be a strong man to be able to do something like that. Want something that dramatic. Um, of a loss happens in your life. I've always been a fan of Monty ever since. I always respect the fuck out of Monty. Um, Mark Jackson's the name that comes to mind that I would really love to see on the sideline for us. Um, even Jason Jason Kidd. I love seeing players transition over to a head coaching role. Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a new president also. So let's see what happens. Uh, supposedly the rumor mill is it's someone who has a team in the playoffs. And I don't know if we're going to watch in the playoffs, man, but it's looking, playoffs are exciting right now. Uh, OKC and Portland are having a wonderful series. Clippers and the Warriors are having a wonderful series. It's really, really rare that I root for the Los Angeles Clippers. But damn, you got to give credit where credit's due. They're overachieving. They um, they're overcoming. Um, they have some trades. You know, they may they 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 shipped off Harris. So um, it's really exciting time in the NBA. But Laker fans, man, another year not making the playoffs. I know we had some injuries. We had some controversy. Let's just see how it goes. I know Jeannie Buss is probably in the hot seat, but it's her team, so she's not gonna go anywhere, y'all. Let's be honest. I'm really excited to see what happens next year. We got we're gonna have a good draft pick, I think. We're gonna get some we're gonna probably get a free agent too. And hopefully we get a good coach and a good president. Hopefully I'm I'm thinking we hire the president first and then we get the coach. Of course you want the you want the man in charge bringing in who bringing in his staff. So I really wanna see what happens with that. Another thing I wanna discuss with y'all, man, the sad, sad, but Legendary sight, man. Nip- Nipsey Hussle had his funeral this week. Shut down, L.A. Wild. I don't know if I've seen anything like that. Um, sold out Staples. I think the last person to was Mike for a funeral was Michael Jackson. Uh, his whole caravan, man, uh, went throughout 25 miles of L.A. I don't know. I know you guys seen it. That was monumental and it really hurt my heart that Nipsey wasn't able to see that. It was just crazy how many people flocked to see him driving that hearse, to draw you know, his caravan in the hearse driving in. Um really made me emotional. I'm not lying, man. It gave me a lump in my throat was when he finally passed the marathon when his when his um when his party passed the marathon. That hurt, man. That really uh, that really put it in reality that Nipsey's gone and just seeing his family talk and his brother and his, his 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 wife and his kids. That was really, really it was surreal, man. And again, hip hop experienced one of its biggest losses. If the man wasn't a legend before, the man's a legend now. He's gonna be um remembered forever. He's gonna live through the music. He's gonna live through his fans. He's gonna live through what he did for his community. His community's gonna 
always remember Nipsey Hussle. Is always gonna try to um, live up to what he preached, live up to what he uh, what he what he said. You know, he was really um, again. I think you go back to you know he had his own podcast on episode six. Nipsey, uh, damn, what a great loss. Sad loss, unnecessary loss, but sometimes, uh, it's like pocket big, you know, sometimes these losses happen, it's gonna elevate the game, it's gonna, it's gonna put that message out there in a way that, uh, them living, unfortunately, never could, and sometimes we, you know, there is some type of, um, in death, the message does get out, and death, it does kind of gratify, it, it does, it, it, uh, it puts that on a platform that living can't do. When someone passes away, especially these entertainers, it's gonna put their message on a plateau that they never seen when they're alive. It's um, it's crazy right now, y'all. Um, Nipsey's been bumping everywhere in big. I've been hearing Nipsey everywhere, and it's a beautiful thing. I love seeing him on my timeline. Never stop that, y'all. Keep the name going. But I want to say something too. Remember everybody else that made that sacrifice for the game, man. Um, Mossberg, Big Al, Freaky Tall, Pimp C, Prodigy, Big Al, Pop, Big Pun. So many names, man. Stack bundles. Remember these names, y'all. Um, Sean Price, The Jacker. There's so many rappers out there, man, who got to let's continue to spread that message and never forget the, these fallen legends, man. And I know that you know people hate that you know we say legends when they're you know when they're gone, but sometimes it's life after death, man. They become a legend after the death, and we've all seen it. And it's um, unfortunately probably won't be our last loss, but let's hope that we all come together and try to practice what we've been saying, you know, come together and you unite each other as a, as a people. And you know who else united people and fans? It was Tiger Woods, y'all. Um, he won his first Masters was since, I can't, I'm not going to even guess. I want to say 05, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe 09. One of, it, one of those two. I'm sorry. I don't have a fact check. Though, and I'm not the biggest golfing fan. But I do know Arnold Palmer is. I do know who, um, Jack Nichols is. I know who Singh is. I know who Tiger Woods is. Mickelson, you uh, you know the legends in golf. You know it's our household names. To see Tiger overcome that and the man had a two-stroke lead going into the last couple holes, that was beautiful. I like to golf. I discovered golf the last two, three years of my life. Beautiful sport, man. We were all at Kern River when um. The match was going on, and just social media, just all being supportive and seeing the sports world all come out and speak. And uh, you know, and sometimes we, you know, we we've been coming together in bad times, but we do come together in good times too. So it was always it was really good to see Tiger in his element, being that champion, being on top of the game that he loves, that he's been dominating for so long. I think we all count him out. I've always said Tiger's going to be Tiger, and I wasn't going to be surprised if he makes that comeback, but the last couple of years, knee injuries, back injuries, personal issues, uh, we all kind of doubted Tiger. We don't, we didn't know if we'll ever see him on top again, especially with a green jacket. So it was really cool to see Tiger back at the number one spot, back on top of the game, back on every newscast. And not for a bad thing, too. No offense to Tiger, it's meant for injuries or bullshit. So to see him win, it really brought a lot of people back um, to golf. And I think when golf, when golf is always winning when Tiger is winning. When Tiger's winning, Jack, when Tiger's coming in top three finishes, when Tiger's um, excelling, our asses 
and our eyes are glued on that TV. So Tiger winning, Tiger being in contention, Tiger competing is always a good thing for golf. And no disrespect to any other golfer who's doing their thing, but they just don't have their name, the recognition or the success that Tiger has. He is the face of that sport no matter what. Even when he wasn't in the top 100, Tiger will always be the face of golf. As long as he's able to compete, as long as he's an active um, competitor, Tiger's always going to be the face of the sport. And right now, I think golf needs it, man. Golf doesn't really have a lot of household names anymore. Um, I really, oh God, I don't even want to butcher the names. I want to be freaking. I know Garcia's out there, Jordan's out there. Um, there's a lot. I think Rory. I can't really name all the golfers here. I'm horrible at this, man. John Daly, Phil Mickelson. Yes, we know those guys, but nothing like Tiger Woods. And when Tiger comes out and he starts competing, he starts excelling, he starts making a name for himself again, making himself a, a name to be reckoned with, and you know he's coming with his A game. Always good for the game of golf. Always good for the fans. So I'm really excited to see um, maybe he gets that 18. The magic number is 18 in golf. So let's see what happens. I'm really, really intrigued, excited. Go Tiger, we're rooting for you, man. Uh, this week, y'all, it's been spring break, man. Uh, you guys know I'd be lifting on the side. You know, I do my lifting. It's good side money along with the DJ thing. But, God, uh, advice to all my Lyft drivers who want to go to L.A. and they want to, you know, we're going to get some extra money. Don't go during the day, y'all. I try to lift on Tuesday. What's today? This is the 19th. So, Tuesday was the 16th. On the 16th of April, my ass tried to go lift. And, man, y'all, I got, like, the biggest fucking anxiety attack I ever had in my life. It was horrible. Horrible. Um, I went down there, you know, I, went, I woke up at 7 o'clock. So I'm going to go to L.A. lift. I lifted for about three hours. Met some great people. Made some cool money. But just the anxiety of that traffic. Oh, my God. The, the, there's no reason why they sh there's that many cars on the road. It was fucking mind-blowing to me. I've been to L.A. several times. You guys know I love going to boxing events out there and everything, but I don't think I ever had to pick people up and drop them off at a frantic pace, and we're in a hurry. It's go, go, go. And if you make a move, you have to commit to that damn move with traffic. There's no hesitation. You make the move, fucking commit to it. And it's, oh, man, it was fucking horrible, to be honest with you. Probably will never do that again. Uh, maybe I'm thinking about if I'm going to lift in L.A., I'm do it at night because during the daytime especially during rush hour in downtown LA I was by Rodeo Drive Beverly Hills and it was paying some good money man but damn it was horrible just I was I was low-key scared and I don't get scared often but these cars were making make some making me make some rash decisions that I was not prepared to make I've never been in that type of environment um, again the people were great but this was not feeling that traffic, man. That shit was a um, fucking culture shock to me, honestly. And Bakersfield, I can navigate really well. And I have a manual uh, car, so I've had to really learn how to drive this fucking stick shift car. Um, damn near expert, because I was stopping and going, stopping and going. I almost got hit two, three times. And I think after the third time is when I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to come back home. So again, if y'all lifting, don't go to LA during the day. Don't don't even think about rush hours and get you a lot of money. Don't. It's not worth it, y'all. Definitely not worth it. Uh, today, man. Um, this is just a week, just a week recap, man. Today we went to uh, me and my cousin Frank. He's uh the owner, 
co-owner of Cali Marketing and Promotions. Man, we went out to the Be Real or Cypress Hill Walk of Fame ceremony today. That was an awesome experience, man. Uh, yeah, the, he's you know he's pushing the brand. One minute, let me do that brand's call real fast. Pushing the, a brand called Stizzy, and that was an awesome experience. I'm just learning a lot about marketing and how we're gonna push merchandise. Stizzy, shout out to you guys, man. You guys gave me a lot of merchandise this week. Shout out to my cousin Frank. Uh, that was a good experience just to network with a lot of people in LA, mingle with a lot of people, take a lot of pictures of the merchandise, and just see what people like, see what people are really interested in. I think I learned a lot um, for, for, my, for our venture, our ventures, listeners, because we love those STS shirts. I learned so much. And LA, man, it puts you in a whole different, it puts you in a whole different realm. You have to put your name out on the streets. You have to go mingle. You have to go inter interact with people. You're not going to get out there, y'all. Um, it's more, and that's why I realized too, it's more than just social media. It's more than using that social media as a tool. You have to go out on these streets. You have to push your line. You have to push your product. You have to push what you want the people to um, be aware of. And that's something that I really learned today. I need to step my game up a lot. And in LA, it's, it's survival of the fittest. Whoever, you know, gets that hustle, whoever's grinding the hardest, your name will get out, your product will get out. Especially if you have a great product like we have here at the STS Podcast, I learned a lot. Uh, it was cool to see Cypress Hill get that star on the Walk of Fame. Uh, I know everybody's a Cypress Hill fan. Hits from the Bond, um, Insane the Membrane, uh, Could I Just Kill a Man, Tequila Sunrise, or How Could I Just Kill a Man, Tequila Sunrise. Oh, some of my favorites, man. So did you see that? was great, man, the Chuck D, Chuck D, man, he's a legend, icon in hip-hop, in my opinion, a real legend, y'all, and I know it's that golden age of hip-hop, so look him up, if you guys don't know who Chuck D is, look the man up, and took a picture, chopped up a little bit, gave him some merchandise, real cool cat, man, a man of the people, walking amongst the people, there wasn't any problems, he didn't have a thousand security guards around him, so that was really cool, man, really glad I got to, um, Experience that in LA today, man. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I've been up, it's been 20 hours straight. We're going on 20 hours straight. It's 3 30 now. And this is what I'm talking about of not being afraid to fail, man. You gotta do shit like this. I'm dead tired. I wanna go to sleep, but I'm gonna get this done. But it's 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 not being afraid, man. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put my best foot forward. I'm gonna continue putting my best foot forward. And we're going to get this podcast out. We're going to get the, the promotion for this podcast out. We got, uh, I think we have a great interview today. And it's, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys too, man. And anything you can do, it doesn't have to be podcasting. It doesn't have to be anything regarding networking or, you know, social media. It could be your day job. It could be school. It could be um, your side gig. It could be parenting. So don't be afraid to fail, y'all. Do what you got to do. Put your best foot forward, man. Here today, I drove to fucking L.A. just to get some information, to get some some game on networking and promoting and marketing your product. I went to I drove up to Whittier after that to get this interview with Pablo de Shark Rubio. Um, two weeks ago, I came down to Whittier again, or I came to Whittier the first time. We knocked out the interview, beautiful interview, and the motherfucker got deleted. And you know what? I failed. And I could have said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm sure Pablo could have said, nah, I ain't doing this again, my G. That's one time. It's the one time thing. Nah. 
He said, "Come back when you're ready." Two weeks later, you know, we got a lot. We had some episodes we got lined up, and uh, I came back, man. Because you know what? I'm not afraid to fail, but I will put my best foot forward. Just because I'm not afraid doesn't mean I won't try to do my best. Nothing's guaranteed in this life. Nothing's guaranteed in this game. You ain't gonna get anything because you uh, you think it's gonna be handed to you. You gotta work hard for this shit. And even if you work your ass off, if you grind, 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 there's no guarantee in this thing, man. That's the beauty about life. You never know. And I really wanted to keep pushing that line of I'm not afraid to fail. The raffle last week it didn't do what I wanted it to do, and I'm not afraid. To, I'm not afraid to admit that. It wasn't the best idea. It wasn't presented, I guess, well. And that's fine, y'all. The people let me know. It wasn't the, what they wanted. But I'm going to keep pushing shit out. We're going to keep throwing shit on the wall. We're going to see if this shit sticks. And that's how you guys got to be about life, man. You guys can't be afraid to fail. Failure is the last thing on my mind. This podcast, I'm ready. I think it's going to be the most successful podcast. I know it will be. And you know what? I'm gonna, it's about consistency, y'all. I'm going to keep hitting you guys every week with a podcast. I got to. There's no quit. There's no. There's really no plan B with this podcast. This is what I love. This is my podcast. So just to, um, that's what I was t- talking about today. Just to grind, man. If I got to be up 20 hours, um, that if that means that's my best foot forward, I will do that. I will continue doing that. I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid of, you know, get to lose a little bit of sleep what the fuck is sleep if i gotta lose a couple hours and back back in a couple hours we'll be back on the ground again um promoting this thing lifting friday is always a busy day man and again this grind isn't no money to friday anymore man when you're living the life of side hustles and entrepreneurship and owning a business and putting your words out like with this podcast this is a sunday through sunday grind and we're putting our best foot forward we're gonna continue putting our best foot forward we're not afraid to fail, man. And everybody out there, follow your shit. Do something with what you're supposed to. Whatever you love, do something with that, man. And it doesn't have to. I'm not saying quit your job today. But I'm saying put that extra time in, y'all. If you're going to lose a couple hours of sleep, so be it. But knock it out, man. Get it done. Execute. I've always, to- we've, I've always talked about with my friend Operation Execution. Execute, execute, execute. We could talk shit all day, but what are you going to do when it's time to relationship boost up, talk motherfuckers up, and do the walking? Do the walking, y'all. We could talk the big game all we want, but this is facts, man. We're going to do the walking. We're going to do the talking, too. I'm here doing it now. I don't care if I've been up 21 hours, 23 hours. I go to LA today, get this interview done for the podcast because I want this podcast to succeed. I want to put public story out there. Pablo um Pablo Rubio, we got him coming up right now. Great interview we did at Whittier, his hometown. Again, this is the second interview. The first one was great, the second one was even better. Um he's came he's came up with um the Golden Boy promotions, he's managed by Metal World Peace. Uh he's sparred with numerous world champions, y'all. I believe in my heart that Pablo Rubio will be a world champion in his in his weight class. You gotta see the man fight. Look at YouTube, Pablo Shark Rubio. I'll try to post some clips this week also. He has heart. He has that Mexican style. He has that um that will and he when he's giving he's providing um when he's giving that that punishment he'll continue to give it he gives and he does receive it but he's gonna keep pushing forward he's gonna keep um fighting his fight and it's rare to see a um an up and coming like that and just to say it's rare to see a, a young man like him be so humble you don't have to do this podcast man he don't owe me shit he doesn't owe me a damn thing but he said you know what my guy 
You always show love to me. You're my friend. Let's do this thing. Let's get it done. If we got to do it twice, no big deal. I'm going to do it for you, my guy. So let's get into that, man. This is episode eight, Tyler the Shark. And this is going to be the interview that I did today with Pablo the Shark Rubio. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, for the STS podcast, I have my guest this week. Pablo the Shark Rubio. What up, what up? How you doing, my guy? I'm doing good, man. How bro, are you? Good, my guy. I'm over here. Where you're chilling? It's kind of hot out here today, but yeah, glad I made the trip, bro. <laughs> made the trip. Thank you for doing the podcast, bro. I know we've been talking about this for a long-ass time, bro. Yeah. It's finally happening. This is take two. <laughs> we'll talk about the first take in a little bit. But how you feeling, bro? How's the comeback going? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. The the hands recovering well. Um, haven't really felt any pain, so you know we're gonna continue to go hard and you know keep going. Definitely, bro. Then people just um just for the people who don't know, this is gonna be your longest layoff you had in your career, right? Yep, almost two years. Two years. I mean July. Yep. Definitely, bro. You're ten and zero, three knockouts. Um, but just start from the beginning, bro. Your journey to where you are now. When did you start boxing, bro? Your amateur career and whatnot. Um, I started boxing when I was like eight years old. Uh, my dad wanted uh, basically to discipline me in that, which is get my ass whooped. <laughs> I, had, I had a bad attitude as a, uh, as a child and uh, went in there and uh, was training for like two weeks. I enjoyed it, ended up sparring, did good, and he didn't even want me to fight. Yeah. So I kept telling him that I want to go back to the gym and he just continued to take me. And, you know, from there, I just kept going. Went to the amateurs, had about 90, 90 fights as an amateur. Do you know your amateur record? I was probably, like, 90 with 20 losses, maybe. Okay, 70 yeah. and 20? Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, from there, man, I I went, I went, I, I continued and go, to go as a pro. Mm-hmm. So here I am today. How old are you? I'm 22. Oh, how old are you now? Sorry, 22? Yep. When did you first start uh, your amateur career? I started my amateur career... I think when I was 10. I actually started when I was 8, but I kind of stopped for a good minute. Um, so when I was like 9, and then by the time I was like 10, came back. And uh, my dad had got sick, actually. Okay, which was okay. the reason I, I laid off for a little bit. Okay. And, uh, but when we came back, we got right back on it and uh, started when I was 10. Started yes. fighting, yeah. And when did you turn pro? When I turned pro, I was 18 and a half. Definitely, okay, okay. Yeah, so after about a year, I think, or six months after I graduated from high school, mm-hmm. went pro. Why do I boxing? Um, it's a sport that, that I fell in love with at a young age, and I kept going with it. I got better at it. Um, you know, it's not. It wasn't something that I'm sure it's. It's never something that someone wants to do in life, mm-hmm. but it's something that I fell in love with, and I'm gonna continue to do it. And I, and I think I could achieve the goals. Definitely. Of boxing. Definitely. What was your first memories of boxing, bro? Like, who were your favorite boxers? Your favorite, I guess, uh, your favorite moments of boxing that you always remember. Oh shit, that's when I first fell in love with it, or that's when I first uh, said, this is what I want to do. Bro, it's like I never even looked at. It was crazy because my dad had an amateur background, but we never talked about it and nothing. We never spoke about boxing until the time he wanted me to get my ass kicked and he took me to the gym. 
and it was it was just from there I just fell in love with boxing and um, um, as I kept going I used to get beat up by kids that were much more advanced than I was I used to spar with them mm-hmm. bigger I was I was always a smaller kid were they older too yeah they okay, were older okay. bigger and more advanced so I used to whip my ass bro mm-hmm. and I, I would cry I would bleed and you know I went through it all as a kid and um, I remember Pachito Bojado. That was one of the best memories I had because one time uh, this big old beer kid was supposed to work with me, bro. He was beating my ass. Pushed me at this one point and I fell to the ground. Felt, I fell down towards the corner where my dad was. Mm-hmm. My dad just grabbed my leg, grabbed my arm, pulled me out of the, out of the ring. And Pachito Bojado saw that. And he just, later he came up to me and uh, uh, just put his, his his arm around my neck and just told me keep going and don't let don't don't let anybody talk you down don't don't let them push you around you know you got to keep fighting Definitely. and uh, he's like that's how you become better and you know continue what you love to do Definitely. and that was the only thing I took in and I kept training so my mentality was like bro I'm gonna get this dude back Definitely, bro. so I, I always kept training I always wanted my revenge in, in, the, in the sparring did you get it Always, bro. Always, bro. <laughs> I don't care if, it, if, if it's like you beat me up 10 times. As long as I get you back once, yeah. bro, I'm happy. You're good. That's what I'm about, my guy. With your pops, bro, how big of an influence is your pop on your career? I know he's, uh, he's your trainer also, right? Yeah. Okay. What's, what's, um, how much of an influence do you have on your career? Does he, um, how's the training? I know there's like, you know, we have Porter and his pops. Um, there's there's a lot of father and son, uh, I guess, tandems in boxing. How yeah. does How does he have... I guess contribute to what you got going on right now in your professional career. Bro, my 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 dad stuck with me through everything, through everything from the past and till now, and you know we're gonna continue to build together. There's no stopping us. What, and how? And what, um, another thing I don't think a lot of people know: you guys were in the boxing game before you started your pro career, right? Building rings and yeah. Do you want to explain that a little bit? How that turns out for you, or how that works out for you guys? Yeah. So we had a friend uh, named named George and uh, he was doing rings um, kind of forgot for who I was probably like 14 years old though mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was helping him do it and then later he kind of stopped doing it and my dad just continued to do them and later George gave my dad the rings and then so we started doing our own our own shit together and I would help him it was just me and him building rings and then uh Later, we had a uh, friend start helping us named Hector, and uh, you know from there we we continued to do it. Started uh, our own company, so we called it Shark Sports. Shark Sports. Yeah. So from then on, um, our little company we we just trying to grow it from there, and we're doing pretty well, dude. You guys do um, rings for uh, major promotions, or you guys like yeah. Golden Boy, Golden Boy, Top, top Rank, top Golden rank. Boy, PVC. Did you guys do the one for the, um, not the, uh, the, damn it, the wireless fight? Did you guys do the wireless fight? Which one? The wireless fury fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys did the we fury did fight? Okay, there, okay, bro. okay, it's yeah. Perfect. That definitely. fight was amazing. Man. That was an amazing fight. We're going to the top, like, we're going to the top five moments like that, but definitely want to get your, like, opinion on the future fights. We have Jacobs and Canelo come in. We yeah. got Amir Khan and Crawford this weekend, so we'll definitely get your opinion on that. But let's go back to your pops of being your trainer, man. What's the, one of the most important things you learned from him as your trainer, um, in the boxing sense, boxing aspect? Uh, one thing, uh, like, to, to just be 
like be loyal and you know to continue to work hard and and go for for what you want Definitely. and you know with him he always pushed me to to get what i want and uh you know we never took the easy way out it was always a hard way and we, we he, he showed me to work hard for it and nothing comes easy so you know working hard was one of the things that that my dad showed me a lot how does it feel to be like you know, like I, get, I i'd like to say boxing's a war so when you're in a war and you have your dad in the corner how is that really that motivates you a little bit more or is, is he always in your ear in between the rounds in the corner almost definitely man um He's always there. He's always going to be there. And it's crazy because um, it's just like during our fighting moments, it's like that's my coach right there. He's going to tell me what to do. And yeah, at the same time, it's my dad, but we got to put those feelings, those emotions yeah, to the side, man. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is there like a separation, like business and personal a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Like he pushed you a little bit harder just because he's your son? Yeah. You know, like your diet and your, your workout regimen and all that good stuff? Yeah. Just a little harder? Uh, yeah, he knows. He knows that we're in a dangerous sport. So at the same time, but he knows what we signed up for, and uh, you know, all the side we gotta put those emotions away, and we gotta get in our fight game. Definitely, bro. And with your style, bro, I feel like um, you're a warrior, my guy. You really um, you always throw more than one punch when you're fighting. When you have them block, when you have them, when they're hurting, or you see blood, or you have them in a bad spot, you go for the knockout. You go, for, you, you hurt them. You're, yeah. you, I guess they say up down. You really try to break them down. You know. Yeah. Where would you say you got that that style from? Um. Or who influenced that style? You have that. Uh, I guess it's, they say Mexican style, but just that that yeah, warrior yeah. mentality, bro. Yeah, like I mean, because a lot of fighters from the amateurs, you get that that in and out mm -hmm. uh, a little touch here and there and get out the way and with me it wasn't it was never like that i was actually just always going forward and uh i think i got that from our original coach uh the real shark uh, hector rodriguez he's the one with with all the other fighters that he trained with or that he trained was always throwing a million punches bro Man, that, that old man was on your ass just talking shit mm -hmm. right next to you, bro, to keep working, keep working. And and I think that's where I got it from, man. And he's the one that taught me how to throw a lot of punches, keep pushing forward. And he's the one that told my dad to train me. So, I mean, that's how, how it all started between me and my dad. But it was probably from him from then on. I mean, that style was, we kept it going. Definitely, bro. And you said, um, the real shark. So I see. I was under. I think we talked about this before. I was under the impression that you know you see blood and you're going after him. Yeah. That's why I thought of the shark. But you got the shark from Hector, correct? Yes. That was, I guess, your first mentor in boxing or first coach in boxing. That really motivated you? Yeah. Technically, it was my first coach. Um, he's the one that that taught me in the beginning. But then he he told he was actually my dad's trainer as well as a, as a kid. Okay. And you know he was a World War Two veteran and everything, bro. And he, yeah, he, he told my dad to train me. My, at first, my dad didn't want to, and uh, but he kept he kept he kept bugging my dad to train me, and you know from then, uh, me and my dad stuck together, and he's trained me ever since. Definitely. And you know we had a shark right there, right next to us, you know, showing us the ways how to train and how to fight. 
and he, since uh, I think you say he passed away, right? Yes. So that the shark is a way to pay tribute to him and your your boxing career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know the the my name, my nickname, my uh, the whole shark sports. It's really all from him. That's great, bro. He's the one that started it all. It's for his legacy to live forever, you know. Yeah. Definitely, bro. Um, you're ten and zero, bro. All your fights have been promoted by Golden Boy, right? Yes, sir. How did that relationship start? Um, it was actually with the rings. My dad was able to get boxing rings with Golden Boy and uh, was kind enough to talk to Roberto Diaz okay. and uh, Matchmaker. Mm -hmm. Amazing Matchmaker, by the way. And shout out to him because he's the one that's been taking care of me mm -hmm. and uh, giving me exciting fights and uh, building me up slowly. And but yeah, bro, that's how the relationship between us and Golden Boy has been going, and he was able to give me that first fight. Right there. How does that? How does it? How does it differ from? How does it? Um, how does this help your career having that machine behind you that Golden Boy promotes? Is that I guess that stamp? Like that's a that's a big cosign, you know? Yeah, because it's it's not like one of those uh, little town promotions where just so many people know about. It's like no, this is Golden Boy. This is. Uh, gold medalist winner over here. Definitely. One of the greatest of all time. Yeah, right? yeah. so, um, you know, it, it's it's cool having that uh, behind my name, so. Definitely. What's the biggest, what's, what's the best advice you've received from Oscar in his camp regarding your career? Um, you know, to to have patience, to, to, you know, keep pushing forward, again, to strive for what you want, and, you know, just look out for yourself. As a, you know, you can see him as a businessman. He looked out for himself, and you can see he's doing well. Definitely, bro. I think that's someone. I think every, like, not even Latino boxer. Every boxer kind of wants to follow in his steps. You know, yeah. create that legacy, and then after that, create opportunities yeah. for others with his with the name, with his, I guess, with that platform he has. You know. Yeah. So I'm glad you have you're getting the opportunity to do that, bro. Because I honestly see that. You have that ruthlessness. You're gonna you're gonna be a champion one day, yeah. and that's another reason why I really appreciate you doing the podcast, bro. Because oh, yeah, because <laughs> I think the, uh, the first time I seen you was at Velasco, and bro, you're a fucking warrior, bro. So uh, you always been um, you're humble as fuck, bro. Um, you are managed also by Meta War Peace. When did that when did that start? Was that all ten fights or what? Uh, how long is that relationship going on? Uh, that started like my second third fight, I believe. Um, one of my, was it my co-manager, Randy, saw him. He actually came to watch one of the fights, and uh, he, he he told him about us, and he said he enjoyed my fight, and he thought, uh, you know, I was a great fighter. And uh, he also said that he wanted to get involved more into the boxing. So we got his number down, and later talked about it, met up, and... and uh, now co-managed by him. <laughs> How does that help you with your career also? Is that someone just someone else in your corner rooting for you, just helping you out helping you pave the way also? Yeah, man. Uh, it's cool to have him, you know, he's a basically basically a basketball legend, bro. Yeah, definitely. He has a dude, he's he's an icon in LA, bro. Yeah. Everybody loves Ron Artest, my guy. Oh yeah, he's a he's a great, great humble guy. Definitely, great, bro. great sweet humble guy, man. You're his only fighter? Uh, so far as I know of, uh, yes. Definitely, bro. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going to keep building and hope to keep growing. Definitely, from, bro. Not only from the management, but from everything. Definitely.
And before we get to, I guess, who you spar with, let's talk about you know, your latest layoff. You've been out for almost two years now. What was going on with your hand? I'm sorry. Um, at first, it was saying it was a bruised bone. Then uh, I went to another hand specialist uh, called uh, Kessler Family and Wellness. So shout out to them. Shout out to they, them. They work out with, with uh, a lot of UFC fighters, MMA, boxing. And uh, so far, it's been working. But it's with them when they, they started telling me it could have been a slight hairline fracture, hairline fracture. or a, a small dislocation. And, you know, but they were working my hand down and, you know, it's starting to feel a lot better than what it was before. So shout out to them, man. And in the beginning, bro, I know I think uh, the last time we talked is when you first had your hand injury. Yeah. How much does that affect you, bro, mentally since you have been in the you're 22 now, so you're 20 when this happened. Two years is a long yeah. time for a boxer to be out the ring. Yeah. So how has that affected you mentally, bro? That's something you know the comeback in your career. Is that something that's really gonna help you out in the future? Um, you know, um, the overcoming adversity. You know. Yeah. I mean, I believe so because I feel like now I'm mentally stronger going through this. Because midway through, it was kind of like, like damn, dude, am I really gonna be able to fight again? Is my hand going to keep hurting? Uh, will I be able to fight the same, punch the same? Uh, you know, it was a lot to think about, but I kept going. You know, like I said, this is what I love doing, and I got really good at it. And, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm keep going. So it was it was kind of, I had to break through that to, to keep going, man. Um, but... Yeah, it did hurt me a little emotionally and uh, mentally. Definitely. And uh, but you know, I, I kept telling myself that I gotta keep going. I gotta, I gotta keep doing it. I didn't, I didn't do this for so many years, and I'm just gonna stop. Definitely. You know, bro. there's other fighters that had probably even much worse injuries than than I ever had, and you know, kept fighting. And so you know, it it did me it did pull me down midway, but. I knew I could come back stronger, so you know here I am today, training my ass off, and I actually feel a lot stronger, a lot better than what I was before. So you know when I when when I returned, I I hope to make a statement Definitely, and bro. just get back on my toes where I was. Definitely, bro. The last two years, also, what have you learned the last two years about yourself since you've been out? Um, that I have more patience than what I thought. <laughs> Yeah, man, because... It's a long time, it was bro. A, it was a big waiting game. Yeah. It's a big waiting game. And, you know, to have hope as well, bro. And, you know, I didn't I didn't give up on myself. I didn't just, you know, say, fuck it, you know what? I'm just going to get a job. Or it's, you know, it, I, kept, I kept it going. I kept uh, my condition going. And, you know, um, found out that I was mentally stronger than what I thought. Definitely, bro. Was there a point where you wanted to just, I don't know, were you, st you starting to think, okay, this is in the plan B, I guess you could say? Yeah. Was there a plan B plan to uh, line up on this one, or is this something that you didn't even think about? You knew you were going to come back. Well, my parents always pushed me to go to school, so, like, I was always going to continue to go to school. It's just, it was just going to be harder to find something that, Something else I also love doing other than boxing, because mm -hmm. boxing was just my main thing. 
And uh, it was gonna be tough finding that, but I mean, if I had to, I, I was gonna find a way. So. And with the comeback now, bro, how is, how is your hand feeling? Have you ever hit 100%? Are you taking it slow? What's the, how, how's been the, the road recovery on that? Yeah, in the beginning, I was taking it slow when they said it was okay to start punching. And little by little, um, I knew I couldn't punch hard from the start because I would just feel the pain again. Mm -hmm. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't how I would feel it before where it just felt like it was just going to mess up again. Um, it was just a little pain from, from just not hitting and from... Uh, from a while, and uh, yeah, it was a slow recovery. We kept just pushing it little by little. Out there, we just felt better and better every time we went to uh, go see the Kessler to for the therapy. And it was cool after that. Now I'm I'm hitting pretty hard. And, you know, I'm just ready to go back in there, man. Do you feel like you have any ring rust? Um, I feel like I'm not for the amount I've been sparring. Um, I think I'm cool. I think I'm cool. Just go back in there and you know, just throw hands again, bro. Definitely, bro. I think we talked about this too last time. Uh, just overcoming adversity, bro. I think that's something we all gotta. That's what we show what we're made of, you know. Yeah. So I think I'm like I always told you. I've been rooting for you. I know you've been out, but I knew you'd come back, bro. Yeah. And I honestly can't wait. I know your fans can't wait. What's What's the goal for 2019? Besides getting back in the ring, what's is there? Um, is it somebody you want to box? Is it something you want to prove to yourself? What's the goal for 2019? Um, my main goal right now, yeah, the, other than that, like the biggest goal is to come back in there. But yeah, other than that, is after the first fight, it's just to, to just get back where, where I was, to get back in the boxing scene. And, you know, my goal is to just. I started taking on guys that are in a better level than me, but you know I got to show myself that I'm actually in a better level. But it's, you know just keep fighting and and prove everybody wrong. What weight class are you fighting this? Your next fight? So I was fighting at 122. I'm moving up to 26. But if I still feel good to go back down 22, I'll I'll go back down 22. Definitely, bro. And with sparring, bro, can you name a few of the, you know, I know you, you fought some, you spar with some world-class boxers, bro. Can you name a few of those? Yep. Um, let's see. I spar with Chocolatito. Um, was it Leo Santa Cruz. And shout out to Leo Santa Cruz because he's the one that, even before I went pro, I, I got, he, he gave me the chance uh, to spar with him and that was, a, that, that was amazing. And, uh, you know, I was with him for like two years too. Definitely. And you know, it's been a while with him. So shout out to Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, we were at Abner Mades, um, Carl Frampton. Champions, bro. Yeah, just champions. champions top, right? top, world class, top of the division champions. Um, well, who else? Uh, was it Alejandro Gonzalez? Uh, rest in peace to him. Oh, you fought, you fought with him also? Uh, you spar with him also? Spar with him too. Okay. Yeah, what, what, great fighter. But what's like with these with these um professionals, these these world class professionals you're sparring with? What's the biggest that there's the lesson you learn in the ring with them also? Biggest the strength or styles, I guess you got from these? Yeah, these I mean, they all have different styles, and they and I, I took I took pieces from each and every one of them. Um, Leo was probably the, big, the the 
the biggest I took from because I was with him for a while, but we also had about the the same body body length, um, length in arms, the way we we fought, um, and then also the weight class. We're we're basically in the same weight class. He moved up already to one twenty six. Definitely. But yeah, I, I learned a lot from him and using my reach from him because that that's what he's really good at. And from everybody else, it's it's like little things I, I took from. And, but but entering the pros, bro, I learned to be like really alert because man, the, the, everybody in there is it's gonna try to try to hurt you real <laughs> bad. They're trying, to, they're trying to win, bro. Of course, yeah. yeah, that's just how they that's how they feed the family. And whatnot. Yeah, so you, you gotta be on your toes hundred percent at all times, man. Definitely, bro. You know another thing I want to talk about just with the layoff, bro. How what were you doing during layoff? You said I know there's recovery and you're going through it. Um, you know just. So, you were down a little bit, you know, but what were you doing that's different? You know, you, were you able to eat the way you wanted to those two years? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was, I was, I was munching, bro. And <laughs> I, I seen that I got big a little bit. Not crazy. I probably, I probably looked the same shit. But to me, I felt pretty big. I went up to like 145. Also, that's why I was just walking around at. But by that time, I knew like, damn, I got to. Like, I've been running here and there, going to the gym, just shadow boxing. But it gets a little bit boring when you can't really hit. Yeah, really. And, you know, so that's why it was kind of like, like, the, the going to the gym was just not, not as much as you really wanted to. So, yeah, I would just move around a little bit. But I was still getting weight because how much I was eating. And I seen that I had to take it more serious because, man, I was just getting big, bro. Yeah, bro. Everything was jiggling from all the way around. <laughs> so I was like, nah, I got I to gotta start, start losing some. And now I feel good, man. I feel great. Were you able to go out a little bit more and just hang out with friends and family a little bit more now that you had, you had that time off to finally, you know, I guess more personal life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, man. It was it was things that I didn't have to worry about. Like, like you said, like my weight. Um, you know, I didn't have to worry about being at the gym or just something like that or running. Um, you know, it was just kind of like if I did it, I did it. Uh, but yeah, I was just those two years. I was basically enjoying life. <laughs> when you got clear, bro, how did it feel to be back in the gym the first day? Bro, first day I was smiling all day, man. Being able to to know that I could hit again. Yeah. And. Bro, this, the smile didn't wipe off for shit, bro. Definitely, bro. I'm yeah. sure it's, it's still on. Yeah. I can tell you when, when you got in the car today, you, you just got, say you, did you spar today? Yeah. Or was uh, it yesterday? Yesterday. Bro, I can see the smiles there. You got the, you got that, um, you got the it factor, bro. Like, you know this is going to, this. you've been patiently waiting for this moment, yeah. bro. So what's the next move for you, my guy? Uh, well, like I said, just uh, finally get back in there and, uh, after the, you know, we have a little tune-up fight to finally take on guys um, that everybody else, other prospects that everybody else sees that that's good. You know, I'm, I'm here to, to start winning and uh, not only proving to everybody else, but proving to myself that I can do it. How many fights, how many times do you plan on fighting? I get from here till the 20, I mean, what's the ideal amount of times fighting the year? Um, in a year, probably like four or five fights is cool. Um, I guess the rest of the year that I have, if I could try to get three to four, 
Are we that'll be ideal for you to be yeah, okay with that. That'll be nice. I feel like it's really active, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's like about every what uh, month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, if I can stay active for the rest of the year, you know, I'll be, I'll be happy because I've been out for so long. And you know, if I come out with no scratches, no bruises, no cuts, then then I'm all I'm all in. I'm back. In. I want to be back in there. Besides your hand, what's the worst injury you had in your boxing career? Uh, probably my sixth, what's my sixth, yeah, my sixth fight got a, got a cut on the right, top of the right side of my eye. That's the one I've seen. I think that's the first fight I've seen. That was at Velasco? That was at Velasco. Yeah, yeah. that was the first fight I've seen you in, yes. Yeah, and, uh, never knew how bad it was to have blood in your eyes to, to that day, <laughs> to that, to that fight, man. Definitely. <laughs> um, it's just blinding, I'm sure. It's, it's very blinding, bro. You can't, you can't see for shit. I found I found that out, and you, even if you wipe it, you, you can't see anything, bro. And it was crazy, but my our cup man Rudy Hernandez did a good job and cleared that out. So you know, it was just at the end of the that 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 round. I believe it was the first round actually. I got the cut in. Mm-hmm. You know, fought the rest uh, five rounds, and it was a good fight. That make you a little more motivated, a little more like, yeah, let's do this shit now. While we out here, yeah. You know, like, now we got blood going. Yeah, I was gonna fight either way, man. Cause um, the boxing fan loves that, bro. Boxing fans love to see blood. Like we yeah. want blood, bro. Honestly. Yeah, that's that's a whole entertainment part, man. Definitely, bro. <laughs> Definitely. But speaking of entertainment, uh, do you consider yourself a crowd pleasing fighter? Like, is that what you want to give the fans every time you go out there? The hell of a fight, so they can be like, "Oh fuck, this kid Paulo Shark Rubio, he held it down tonight." Yeah, uh, for sure. I hope to be. A people's champion, a, a, someone that pleases the crowd all the time. You know, somebody that when they say I'm gonna fight, be like, damn, like we gotta go watch it. Definitely you know, I, I do want to be that fighter. Um, but I'm not. I'm also gonna be a, a smart fighter. I'm not gonna be one that that goes in there and tries to put up a fight just to entertain people. But I'm hurting myself. Yeah, bro. Uh, you know, I'm not that type of fighter, fighter either. Um, you know, I'm gonna go in there. I want to be smart, and I want to give an entertaining fight, but in a smart way. In a smart, like a chess match, honestly. Yep. With your fans, bro, how much support have you been getting the last two years? Also, since you know your 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 return's been anticipated, how much um, have your fans filled that motivation to get back in the ring and perform for them again? Oh, just like you, man. Um, Everybody, everybody I see, I, you know, I, I still go to the fights, you know, when my dad does the rings, um, I go to the gym, everybody's asking when I'm going to be back. And the only thing I tell them, dude, is soon. Dude. Yeah. And Are you then, tired of saying that, bro? I am. I think I've been asking for the last year and a half, too. I'm super <laughs> tired of saying that because, you know, it's, it's, I think about it myself, too, like, damn, when am I going to be back, you know? Yeah, bro. But, um, you know... Thank you to everybody that's been rocking with me, even though I've been gone for a while. Uh, we'll be back soon, though. Definitely, bro. And it's crazy with boxing, bro. I don't, I don't know if it's just boxing, but two years sounds like a lot. But the fans never forget the, the great fighters, bro. Yeah. We never forget the ones who said, oh, fuck, you held it down today. We're always going to root for that. So I think that's what we're waiting for. We know you're still young, my guy. With your, with your age now, you're 22. Do you feel faster, stronger, more, uh, smarter? Your IQ and boxes a little bit higher now these last two years. You'll be able to sit back and just watch, I guess, watch the competition, watch who's out there? Um, I kind of think so, in a way. Um, I felt like I just put a lot of thought into myself. I started watching more fights. Um, I, saw, I was able to practice 
some stuff now on my own in the gym since I have the time to do that now. And, you know, the fact that I was able to hit again, bro, I went straight to work and, you know, I, I feel like, not that I'm older, that I'm stronger, faster, but the fact that I made myself to uh, to be like that uh, because I wanted to come back much stronger, much better, and, you know, that to show everybody that I ain't playing games when I come back. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Um, we have a, just a couple, I got a couple more questions. Just, do you have a, what's, your, what's your top five and your top five of boxers of all time? Or currently, whatever list you want to give me. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Terrence Crawford for sure, bro. Animal. Uh, yup. Yeah, Terrence Crawford. Uh, you got Canelo. Uh, Lomachenko. Uh, Theo Fambo. Well, okay, okay. Um, and let me see, let me see, let me see. Let's see for a fifth one. I'm gonna go with Leo Santa Cruz, man. I was gonna say, you probably ended with Leo. Yeah. With um, the fight this weekend, but we have Khan and Crawford. Who do you have, who do you have this weekend? Bro, I'm, I'm rocking with uh, Crawford. He's a knockout? I think so. Bro, give him, give him midway. You put twenty. You put, I think you put forty dollars on Khan. You went eight hundred dollars. I don't think he's an underdog all hey, the way. I don't, I don't mind betting for Khan just in case, but <laughs> bro, I'm going for Crawford for sure, man. But is he the definition of a perfect fighter? You think? Uh, I don't know, man. It's he. He's a top dog right now, though, bro. Definitely. And you know, I enjoy fighting him. Real smart guy. Real yeah. smart guy. Real powerful in there. Definitely. He's powerful with both hands. Yup. Definitely. So we'll see how he can handle that. Uh, well, Khan. We'll see how Khan can handle that. I think Khan, man, if he could stick to a game plan or something. But this, then again, what kind of game plan you come up with someone who doesn't make a lot of mistakes? Yeah. It's kind of like Crawford and Spence would be the fight I want to see, I think. Yeah. Who would you have in that fight? Well, that's a tough one. They're both damn near perfect, bro. It's like they yeah, bro. You have they have to make the mistake for them to, you, for you to take advantage of their of their mistake, but they don't ever make one. Yeah, um, and they're both south balls. Yeah, I I mean I love I love Spence too, but I think I will still go for Crawford. Crawford, yeah. I hope that fight gets made, bro. Uh, Jacobs and Canelo, who do you have in that one? I think it's gonna be a great fight. Uh, Jacobs did very well against Triple G. But I think um, Canelo can still outsmart Jacobs, okay. just by a little, by a little bit more reach. Um, I think he's a little more powerful than Jacobs too, bro. Yeah, I think he'll be able to sit on his punches better, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you 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 can tell, you can see that Canelo has improved in his defense. He's getting better every fight. So with his counters and his defense, it, I, I I think he's just gonna outsmart Jacobs. Uh, but again, Jacobs is not, you know, a push around fighter. He's not nah, bro. He's that that guy. That man is smart too. He's been through a lot. He's been through wars. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I I think it's gonna be a great fight either way. Definitely, bro. You know, with the politics of boxing, bro, how does, is that something you pay attention to? Or is that something you just let you know your manager, your promoter worry about? Like, do yeah, you ever think about that. You know, my my thing to worry about is to fight in there, bro. And yeah, if anything, you know, that's that's up to somebody else to look at. Definitely, bro. 
and what you know you're in boxing is a dangerous sport is that something that comes to the territory too you know because some guys have you know I, I, forgot, I forgot his name bro few of these boxers have been permanently injured you know they had life-threatening injuries that's something you think about too bro is that something that just comes to the territory um yeah i, I don't i don't think about it you know this is what we love to do and i'm gonna continue to do it you know, I'm going to continue to succeed in what I wanted to succeed, and once that's done, you know, if I could get out of the sport early and start my own business or something, and it just invest my, my money in, in, in a good way where I could just get out of the boxing uh, from fighting. Definitely. You know, if anything, I'll, I'll stay in the sport business-wise. Uh, but other than, other than that, if I could get out of fighting early, I, I will do that, but... Uh, you know, because you don't want to be punched out too long. You know, I want punch drunk. And yeah, yeah, dude. I want to be able if I ever have grandkids or you know, I want to be able to remember who they are. Definitely, bro. Not see them once and then forget. Do you ever feel like are you kind? Of, I, get, I know a lot of athletes. They don't know when to quit or they don't know when it's the time when it's time to go. Yeah. So is that something you ever feel like, man? I hope I know when it's time to go. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I can understand because they have so much love for the sport. It's hard to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, but like I said, hopefully, you know, if everything goes right and I get to where I want to get in boxing, you know, the, then I'll get out of it early and um, succeed without getting punched anymore. Punched drunk and all that good yeah. stuff. I hope like that. And, I, and you're smart, bro. I'm sure you will know when it is time to walk away. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be, and of course it'll be later, later on the later on the road, you know. And I think that if you can take something positive from the injury, it's, it built up your um, your resiliency. What you got from the injury, bro, you got resiliency, bro. Is that something that you're gonna be you're gonna take on for the rest of your career? Like I bounced back from this injury, so now it kind of uh, it kind of uh, got you ready for. There's gonna be hardships in your career, you know. Yeah. That's something that that's gonna really. Um, it's gonna help me in the future, you think? This is probably maybe the best thing that happened to you, honestly. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, if I could wait two years for this, I'm sure other injuries, hopefully, that I don't get anymore. But if anything, and if it takes less than that, than the two years I went through, then I feel like, you know, it's anything's possible and I'll, I'll come back stronger if, every time. If you can overcome this, you can overcome anything. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people really understand, bro, just how much I think that messes with your emotions and mental is not being able to do what you love to do, you know? Yeah, when when you when you really want to and when it's when you know, something's actually telling you you can't. Yeah. You know, that's a hard part. And it's your body telling you you can't do it, yeah. you know, I'm sure your mind Yeah, was, everything else is like you could do it, but you know, the the feeling that you get when you try it's like you can't. Definitely, bro. So we're thinking maybe hopefully by the end of the summer you'll get in the, you get your first fight back, Almost first definitely. belt back. Yeah. Hopefully at the at the, maybe Velasco or somewhere. Well, you're telling me somewhere um, else near here, right? Yeah, hopefully around LA, um, Los Angeles area, maybe around Whittier, California. Who knows? How does it feel to fight in front of your hometown? Bro, it's, it's good, man. This you know this is where I'm from, and having everybody behind my back for for me to grow with them here before you know fighting into other states yeah it's awesome because uh this is my foundation right here like the hometown kid bro honestly yeah so you know we're gonna continue to grow out here and uh you know 
just be great together. Definitely, bro. And we're look, I'm looking forward to that, bro. You know, I, I, I want to be there. I don't want to give a damn if I have a gig. I want to cancel that gig, my guy. Man, bro, let's talk about real fast. I think we did this two weeks ago. And in the fucking uh, the interview get deleted somehow. Bro, that was the worst, dude. Yeah. Like, I appreciate you. We did this twice in two weeks. Um, I think the last the last time I was out here, Nipsey passed away. Yeah, man. Um, what have you seen? Just softboxing real fast, y'all. What have you seen the last couple of weeks with that, man? I know you you live around. You, you're close to where he's from. You know, you're from where he's from. You're from Los Angeles. How has it been uh, seeing that, bro? The aftermath of that. Bro, it's, it's crazy because, like, from... You know, from hosts to to all the news channels, and you know, you usually see it for a couple of days and it goes away. But no, this dude kept coming up every day, man, every day. And you can see the impact that he had on many lives yeah. um, in the city, and you know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy and it's sad, and you know, a lot of people mourn for him. The city mourned for him, bro. The yeah, whole West Coast, I felt like mourned for him, bro. Even yeah. Bakersfield, it was wild, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, probably we knew Nip a little bit, you know? Yeah, you know, it's like through his music, he was he was somebody's uh, brother, uh, a good friend, and you know, to a lot of people, he he made them get out of whatever bad times they were going through. Definitely, bro. And he created a lot of opportunities for people too, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, man, like that he was, was crazy. He was in the, the type to be all flashy and everything, man. He, he uses money to invest, to help people out, to, you know, get out Definitely, of the hood, bro. man. Definitely. And that's the crazy part how, you know, the hood took him. Yeah, that's what's in his, in his own spot where his heart was at. Yup. That's what's crazy, bro. In his own spot, that, you know, that, that, that wasn't right, but... It is what it is. And that day, that was, I think when we did the interview the first time, I told you, yo, bro, I think Nipsey just got shot. Yeah. And, man. like, he passed away. That was crazy, bro. I think, honestly, man, it was meant to be, honestly. I think that day we knocked the podcast out, but we, I think I would have had to delay because I think Nipsey deserved his own podcast. Yeah. You know, you deserve your own podcast, bro. Yeah. Like, and I had no problem delaying my podcast. I think the last two weeks I've been kind of slacking a little bit because I wanted to get you on, bro. I've been telling you, I'm going to get you. I'm not putting anybody else but you on. Yeah. So. I appreciate you taking the time again, bro. We, we had to stop. And it, it just wasn't no, you know, 20-minute conversation. Yeah. Either, you know, and the ride isn't no 30-minute ride either. I, I think I told you to, to, to drive 12 miles took like 45, 45 minutes. minutes. That is wild, bro. I'm not used to that, <laughs> dude. Um, so, with, you know what? You were talking about giving back. Is that something you want to do also in your career once it furthers along? And I guess, we just, you know, when the money gets there and uh, the, not the fame, but the recognition, the fan base grows. And, you know, I know you have a family. Is that something you want to do? Like, not just like Nipsey, but is that something you, you know, give back to the community, give back to your family, give back to the ones who have been there to support you since day one? Oh, most definitely. That's that's my main priority, man. And, you know, to me, it's like once I get the money, it's like, cool, spend it on yourself, but I got more important things to take care of, and that's that's my parents. Uh, make sure my sisters are good. Uh my grandma helped us so much, make sure she's good. Uh, the people that's been behind me this whole time on the side, you know, I'm taking care of them. Uh, you know, my day ones. Definitely. Uh, and the community, the community, man. Um, you know, if, if I was, if I'm able to help, you know, a homeless person get somewhere, you know, it's, it only makes me feel better. 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how much money I spend on some type of material, or, you know, if I can help someone, that's gonna mean much more than how much money I have spent. You've always been humble, bro. Honestly, you've never really been because you don't have to do podcasts like mine. You know, you don't have to do any of this shit. You've yeah. always been like, yeah, I'll do it, my guy. Whatever I can do to help you out, and that's why I appreciate appreciate about you the most, bro. Like you didn't. You're not, you don't have, like, not fame, but you don't let this boxing thing and just, they get to you and you're, yeah. you're still you, you know? Yeah. Is that something that you got from your family? It's always remain humble just wherever you came from? Or? Um, yeah, that and, you know, growing as a fighter, other people, other people gave me opportunities. So, you know, that's the only way that I could get back. And, you know, helping a friend grow, it's, you know, that's... That's a start for them. Exactly. Just like someone gave me the start for me. So, and I'm sure you now, like last two years, you should be gone in one day. Yeah, definitely. Yep, definitely, bro. Well, I'm glad you came on, bro. I know we talked about this for almost two years now. We knocked it out the first time. The shit got raised. <laughs> I'm blaming Apple all the way, but um, it was cool, bro. I think this is. I think we did well again, bro. For sure, man. I'm looking forward to your next fight, Pablo. Um, Maybe Golden Boy, or how is that going on for the next fight? Yeah, we we hope for Golden Boy. If not, maybe a little side show or something like that, just to get started, just to get started. But uh, hope to to work with Golden Boy. Definitely, bro. And we'll make sure every time you fight, bro, we're promoting the hell out of you on all Almost Instagram, <laughs> all the first, my guy. We appreciate you, bro. We'll do. We're gonna put some promo videos on this. Um, and hopefully after your first fight, you come back, we can get you back on, bro. We'll talk about your experience and how oh, it felt. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get that first dub out the way. And uh, hope we'll continue this, my guy. I really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. I right, appreciate Pablo. it. Pablo the Shark Rubio, y'all. Thank you, on, thank you. On the STS Podcast, we're out.